This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Susan, you know, we all carry around different stressors, some big and some small. And sometimes they all tend to hit you at once on the same day. Yeah, like today. (laughs) It's not been a great day. More on that later on the show. But we all carry around these stressors, and keeping them bottled up can affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and isn't just for those who experience major trauma. It's also for those who've experienced a lot of bad things happening on one day. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash proof today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash proof. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, and welcome to this week's Sidebar. We're here to discuss episode six of season two of Proof. I'm here with Jacinda and Kevin. Hey, guys. Hey, Susan. Hi. So we should acknowledge that this episode this week was definitely a depressing one. Like, it was a hard one to write. I know people said it's a hard one to listen to. Yeah, it was was a hard episode, but I think it was an important episode for people to understand and hear what happened to Jake and Ty after their conviction. Like, we couldn't leave that out. It's important for context for what happened to Ty and what Jake is still going through for people to understand the gravity of the case still. And also to explain why this case in part hasn't gone anywhere before now. I mean, there's some obvious flaws in what happened. That's plain. So why has there been no serious judicial consideration ever? Right. Because Ty was murdered and Jake had traumatic brain injury. There was no one to push it forward on their behalf. Yeah. When you two first brought this story to me, when we were talking about producing this story for this season, I instantly had the thought of, I wonder what would have happened had Ty not been murdered, had he been able to push that case forward. I think he'd be free and a good chance as a side effect, Jake would have been too. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Doesn't seem like someone could take on Ty's case and not realize Jake was in the same boat. And we're talking about that would have been 13 years ago. And Ty had the easier case, for sure. Like, hands down, as an attorney, which case do you want to do? Ty's is easier. So, yeah, I I think Ty definitely would have had success with a post-conviction group. And I think that Jake hopefully could have built off of that, but none of that was to be. Yeah. I think this episode was also important because you get a better understanding of, of Jake. Yeah. And how he appears in the podcast. A lot of people talk about, oh, he still sounds like he's 18. He's never grown up. He's 18. And 
you know, we've gone back and forth about, yeah, he does sound like he's 18. And how much of that is like being stuck in prison, you know, for the last almost 24 years, how much of that is because of what happened to him or it's a combination, but he's very different from other people we've dealt with. Yeah. And in the show so far, we've not aired clips of Jake saying, I don't remember. I can't remember that. That's blank to me. But I think hints of that still seep through because it's hard for it not to. Yeah. In an earlier episode, when we were talking about when the windshield of yeah got broken and Jake says, I don't remember if I hit it or I forget what he says, but like you knew the answer. Well, I, I think I know because all I have is the records and I know from the records there's references to him hitting it. But it's kind of fascinating and sad in a way to talk to him because I know the case so well from the, the records, from the papers. I've read all that. I know all that. And talking to Jake about it and hearing how his sort of fractured memory either recalls it or doesn't has been interesting to see. And I've come to kind of trust Jake. Like when Jake thinks he recalls something, I pay attention because most of the time he doesn't. <laughs> but when he does say, I think I remember that, it's usually good. Yeah. Like he doesn't have false memories. He does not like, well, that's the big problem with these cases. Any old case is false memories. That's that's not the issue. Like he has no memory or it's what seems to be a real memory. And he doesn't try to pretend like he has a memory. Like yeah. he whenever he says something that to me sounds like he does have a memory, I listen. And, and it usually has been something that that is real. That said, it's it's hard to navigate because there is stuff that like I've wanted to know and this hadn't happened to Jake. I'm sure he'd give me a quick, easy answer. And instead it takes like hours of research to try and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you pointed it out in the episode. It's hard for him to to be his own advocate because he doesn't have recollection of all the events. He's also been so isolated. He has a single cell. He keeps to himself. He he doesn't trust anyone. He He's very, very alone in the world. There was a moment in the episode towards the end where you hear Jake break down and he says, I am not this person. He First he says, I am angry and I am quick to fight. I am not this person. I am not who they say I am. And you hear him crying and saying, I'm so sick of this world. And that that really touched me. I don't hear that often. Like, I guess it's because he said he's so strong and he's so angry. And then in the same sentence, he breaks down. Well, he has to be strong to survive, but he's fighting this battle for something he didn't do. And that has to wear you down. And he certainly has the physical scars and trauma to prove that it's worn down. The person he is to survive is not the person he wants to be, but he also has to survive. <laughs> and I should also note, like, another complication for Jake's life, he's a type 1 diabetic. And trying to keep your sugar levels maintained in prison conditions is a fucking nightmare. So, like, his survival is imperiled every day, not just because of, like, external dangers, but, like, simply not dying from not having oatmeal in his cell. It's like a real issue he faces on a regular basis. Yeah, one of the things that stood out for me, and I don't necessarily want to make a joke about maximum security prison and things, but maybe they shouldn't be using rocks as decorative objects in prison yards. I included that details because when I heard it, I was like, what the fuck, man? That That yeah. is some, like, yeah. what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, let's put this rock here. It looks pretty. Oh, it's <laughs> a pretty good weapon, too. It can just hit Jake over the head with it. So this episode we heard from Alan, who was the inmate who actually attacked Jake. I really appreciated that he was willing to talk to me. 
prison is a dangerous place, you know, and there's nobody lower on the totem pole or with a bigger target on their back than sex offenders. And it seems like other people walk around and they're using them as targets for violence, right? And and that's the way that it is. So if you're walking around with an R on your jacket, you've got a big problem there. And most of them are not walking around, period. Like they're keeping themselves, staying in the law library. And that's why Alan was appalled to find out that this guy who was walking around like normal, as if he did not have the R, did in fact have it. And he described how Jake acted. I mean, like basically always had his head up held high. And that was not acceptable once it was discovered that he was not a regular inmate and was in fact a sex offender. And he told me something about like this whole ecosystem that I thought was interesting and about how the, the CEOs, the correctional officers are involved too. Cops, I mean, they, they really wanted somebody to get him. But like I said, he was hard to get to. Do you CEOs kind of look away? Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. If you have that on your jacket, Okay. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, here's the thing. They'll, they'll tell us about someone that has this on their jacket and they'll encourage us to do it, but they'll write us up for it too. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling everybody, stop, we can't clean up the yard. It's not our job. I mean, yeah, I've done, I got a couple underneath my belt, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into that no more. I'm not, I'm, I don't care what you got. Stay to you. I'm going to do me. But yeah, they'll encourage you to do it, but they'll also testify against us too. So write us up, charge us with attempted murder, or get on the stand and testify that they saw us attack the inmates. But they'll give us the information, like, hey, yeah, go get that guy. Yeah, so they can get away with it and have no consequences. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a messed up thing now. And I, I understand that now. You know, they don't care about us. They don't, they just want this guy got and, and I'm seeing these youngsters are falling for it now. So Alan has kind of like learned his lesson. Yeah, Alan's seen it firsthand. He's seen how the COs will tell other inmates about an inmate that the CO is pissed at, about the R they have, whether real or imagined, and set off one inmate against another. And then once that inmate's in trouble for the assault, the CO acts like they had nothing to do with it, and they'll go to court and testify against them as if they were not the ones who set the whole thing in motion. But part of the reason why this does still happen in prison culture, I asked Alan about what happened after he assaulted Jake. And he told me that he did go to the hole. He was put down in solitary for some months. But he was never charged. And even while in solitary, it wasn't like really a punishment because the way people react to these kinds of assaults in prison, it's a very positive kind of attention you get from it. I was comfortable, that's what I'm saying, I was comfortable in the hole. I was getting praised, I was getting loved, I was getting hooked up, food, and and all kinds of stuff. So, you know... So, you were treated well some, in the hole because of, of what you have. did? Yes. I, I ended up gaining so much weight back there because of, they would have given me so many extra trays and let me order extra packages and all kinds of stuff. So that's what made it worse. I'm getting, I'm getting praised for this. I'm getting hooked up. So that, that's what happened to Jake in prison. Uh, we also heard about how Ty was murdered and how he was treated and the lack of response from COs. I just don't think we know what actually happened that night. Like the whole summary to me is he's in this horrific place for a crime he didn't commit. And 
it just shows you how dangerous all of it is, right? Even if this guy is just trying to make a point that he should be in a single cell, like Ty ends up dead because he's dealing with people who are incredibly violent and have horrific judgment and don't care about the well-being of others. That's all a result of him going to prison. And I mean, he wouldn't be in that situation with being surrounded by all these people where his life is at risk, you know, if this whole story doesn't happen. And the amazing thing about this story, the sort of terribly tragic thing about it, I mean, we all know what happened to Renee and and it's horrific and it keeps going on, right? Like we have these other victims now and he lost his life because he was found guilty of a crime he didn't commit. And this man was murdered in prison because of an extremely flawed and fucked up prosecution. Yeah. And he wouldn't have been in, in that cell and he wouldn't have been surrounded by all those people and wouldn't have to be fighting literally for his life every day, which he is. So we are coming up on about the halfway point of the season and the episodes leading up to this point have all been laying out the state's case and what happened. And now we're going to pivot a little and start doing our own investigation to figure out if we can find out what actually happened. And a lot of the next episodes moving forward, you know, some of it we we have planned out, but a lot of it's unfolding in real time. Yeah. What you've heard so far, for the most part, are things that either were known before or that could have been known based on the record that existed. But going forward, you're going to hear what we found when we started to investigate, things we've learned and the witnesses that have talked that never wanted to talk before. It's moving into stuff that is it known and it's moving into material that you uncovered in the investigation. And I was there with the two of you on some of the trips, but not on all of them. And I will say that from the phone calls into me from when you were out there, some of the material that you uncovered is incredibly compelling. And I think that we're now getting into a part of the story that is going to start pulling away at what may have really happened, try and get answers for everyone who's wondering what really happened. So up until now, you've heard about the state's case and the evidence against Jake and Ty. Next week, episode seven, you'll hear about some of the other possible suspects of the case. And also hear about the evidence in this case that was never really fully examined. Things like, say, the murder weapon or the last place where the victim was seen alive. You've been listening to Proof Sidebar a podcast by Red Marble Media in association with Glassbox Media. Send us your questions and comments at proofcrimepod at gmail.com. Follow us everywhere with the handle at proofcrimepod and on our website, proofcrimepod.com. Regular episodes drop on Mondays and you can find sidebars on Thursdays. Thanks so much for listening.